new CBS Monday. Federal agents! Here's where we can see them. NCIS Hawaii is back. Time to set it up! New criminals to catch. Armed robbery, aggravated assault, murder. And new investigations to be solved. These guys were good, but even masters make mistakes. Vanessa Lachey and featuring LL Cool J. Violin Island, you got him. Welcome to paradise. A new NCIS Hawaii, Monday, 10, 9 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome to On the Bench. I'm your host for this episode, Brendan Sinone. I'm definitely not hungover at all after a long night of watching the draft and being in Chattanooga. And yes, I will go to the sponsor of this podcast, Chattanooga Whiskey, to check out their distillery today. I'm really looking forward to it. I'll, uh, I'll see their main distillery, then I'll go to their experimental distillery as well. Chattanooga Whiskey does an amazing job with their rise, their high rye bourbon. They have an entry-level bourbon. They do experimental bourbons. They do all sorts of cool stuff. We've really loved this sponsorship, uh, catching a lot of people onto it and uh, turning them onto it. And yeah, it's uh, it's been a great relationship so far, and I can't wait to check it out in person and become more hungover. Yay! Speaking of hangovers, fellas, you emotionally hungover from the last week? No. Okay. Clear minds, clear hearts. Can't lose. <laughs> All right, yeah. let's get into it. Chris, Chris was was not in the middle of that like uh, like some of us were, but Chris was like handling a lot of the um, helping us like write some of the stories, which was super helpful. Sorry, I don't know if my mic is like connected right. Um, it it, it kind of sucks, but it's fine. We're, we're, we we press along. This is like a, this is like a rapid reaction podcast, an instant know, reaction emergency. I, is it fixed now? Yeah, sure. It's good that we're doing this now. As we were starting, you sound fine, Zach. Just Thanks. keep going. Well, I was just trying to praise Chris for helping us get like a lot of the. Pre-writes done for all this, you know, changes in this uh, storyline. And we're talking about the Josh Farmer saga, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I I felt like Brendan kind of passed me the baton after he uh, drove up to Atlanta yesterday and then eventually to um, Chattanooga. And it was an emotional baton. Um, just back and forth, back and forth. I don't know if I appreciate it or not, but it was a cool experience, I guess, to be uh, kind of knowing the ins and outs of it. So what Zach is alluding to is the Josh Farmer saga, as it has been such dubbed, deservedly so, because it has been quite the saga of uh, a back and forth, not just the baton that Zach and I have been passing to each other, kid show, uh, but also just the back and forth nature of Josh Farmer trying to figure out what he wanted to do as he entered the transfer portal. He officially entered, entered it on Thursday, I guess late morning, early afternoon, was taken off the roster pretty swiftly. Uh, I was stopped at a Culver's to get some food on my way up just outside of Atlanta. Uh, and then by the time I checked into my place in Chattanooga, uh, he was becoming increasingly clear that he wanted back on the team. And lo and behold, he withdrew his name from the transfer portal. He put out an edit saying that he wants to be a Seminole, that he wants to be part of this program. He's back up on the roster and it seems like it's done. For now, but what a what a whirlwind that that really was, Chris. You weren't you weren't sweating that at all. That wasn't that wasn't that didn't evoke any sort of emotions for you, like the the whole antics publicly and the way things played out the last few days. 
uh, when it involves young men between the ages of 18 and 22 and a lot of financial incentives and the belief in potential more financial incentives, I just kind of accept it for what it is. But, uh, I mean, the farmer thing was crazy. When Zach called me, I don't know, maybe 2 o'clock yesterday and said that there might be a reversal, of course. So I wrote what we ended up ultimately publishing a few hours later. You know, I, I wasn't entirely shocked that had come about. I was interested to see if FSU was going to certainly green light his return. Uh, I feel like he's a player, as we've mentioned on prior podcasts, worth the value of bringing back. He's a top four or five D tackle this coming season, a guy who I think potentially is a starter in the year after for FSU. There's a great deal of value in what he brings to that position, a position where you have to develop guys, and he is a guy who's been developed. But no, I try to I try to check the emotions at the door most of the time. Now I'm kind of uh, I don't know if dead inside is the best way to describe <laughs> it, but I've just covered so much over the last twenty years, and I feel like it gets a little bit more crazy and, for lack of a better term, a little stupid each year, a little bit more. So like I just accept that's coming. Well, that's what I think. Just you being a veteran of this game, Chris, the game has changed so much. Like it keeps, it's always changing, I guess, year over year, but it just feels like the last like two years, it's just, it's been this escalation and, and FSU's often been in the middle of this sort of stuff too, or at least it's felt like it. Um, I think we live under the microscope of FSU. I think we have tunnel vision. Um, sure. I also think we do a spectacular job covering the program. So I think it's more that it's hyper-focused for us. I think it happens plenty of places, maybe not to the same degree with the same amount of stuff, but a lot of stuff's happening a lot of places. There's there's plenty of weird stories in college football to be found during the offseason if you look hard enough. This would have gotten out – I mean, we we put stuff stuff out uh, earlier in the week when we were at the, the Jacksonville Booster uh, golf event, but it played out so publicly. I think that's what's interesting is, like, Zach did a great job providing a lot of updates. I provided some as well. And like, we, we tried to give you guys behind the scenes. Look, you can check out Knowles 24 seven right now. Like I, I did a pretty in-depth, uh, I guess, packing up of, of the situation uh, as it seems to have ended, but like this legitimately like played out publicly. Uh, Josh let it play out publicly. Daryl Jackson was doing some pandering as well for Josh publicly with, with some social media antics. Uh, Zach, I guess, what are your thoughts on just, just that part of it, like the public portion of this that, yes, we reported on it. Yes, we provided more detail and context behind the scenes, but uh, this wasn't like a well-kept secret what was happening. Yeah. I mean, I was, you know, you always think like, do you want to report on this kind of stuff or not? Um, but once some of the stuff became like very public with the Instagram lives and all the taking out, of, you know, taking stuff out of bios, I know that's not something, you know, people, um, not of, I guess, my generation are, are, you know, caring a lot about, but it does matter um, because, you know, these players are taking time out of their day to go strip FSU football out of their bio, then put it back in and then tweet Null Nation. And it's just, once the social media antics kind of started up, I realized we, could pr- we probably need to cover this pretty extensively because um, there were a lot of twists and turns. Um, you know, at, at some points it seemed, for sure that Josh Farmer is going to enter the portal and go explore his options. And at other points, I thought Josh Farmer truly wanted to be at FSU. And, you know, obviously that turned out to be true, but yeah. Um, what was the wildest? You mentioned twists and turns Zach. for you. Like what, what part of the last week, again, this started on a Monday. We're here on Friday morning, recapping this. What was the craziest moment for you personally, just covering it as closely as you did? 
the craziest moment was after Farmer and uh, you know people related to FSU couldn't agree on you know their NIL negotiations. I should say opportunities. Opportunities. Um, you know, a couple hours later, Farmer expressed that he would want to come back. You know, this is art when he was already in the portal. Um, and this is a surprise to pretty much everyone I spoke to, but he, uh, he called and made it be known that he wanted to come back. That was the craziest moment because of just the reversal. Of course. I mean, I thought basically from what I was told, once he enters the portal, you know, I think most people surrounding the program believed it was a done deal. He was going to go elsewhere. Um, I don't know what happened when he hit the portal. Maybe the, the opportunities that, were presented to him beforehand or whatever were not, you know, what was reality once he entered the portal. Um, I think that's probably a likely, you know, strong likelihood of what exactly happened. I don't know that for sure though. So I don't want to um, speculate too much on it, but mm-hmm. yeah, that, that phone call, um, I got word right after it happened. That was the most surprising point of the entire mm-hmm. and crazy point of the entire saga. To give people a little bit behind the scenes view, as that's happening, our next big question, because you're always asking yourself the next question in a story, is would FSU take him back? And that was still to be determined. There were still phone calls to be made to determine that from Josh's end and everybody involved in the actual negotiation, for lack of a better term. So, like, I was asked on the board or we were asked on the board about Daryl Jackson. I responded, you know, I think he's staying at FSU. I think, you know, I never love saying something put to bed during an open period where kids can enter the portal to the end of Sunday. But to the best of our knowledge, I believe he's staying. And then somebody asked, do you think Josh Farmer would be able to come back? And I said, I don't know that answer. Cause truthfully at that very moment, didn't know that answer. And as Zach's having a conversation pertaining to farmer of hearing, he is interested in now returning. We are trying to find that answer out in real time. And obviously we got our answer when he did pull out and he issued the tweet and, it became clear that yes, indeed, they will take him back. So from an on-field perspective, I think we, we've discussed this pretty well. Like he will be an impactful player this year. It was important to keep him. This was of, of all the transfer portal losses the FSU has had. And FSU has won far more than it's lost in the portal, but it has still lost some players in the portal. And that's just, that's business. That's how it's going to work now. Um, this is the one that hurt the most when when he was aiming to leave. Getting him back on the field, that, that's going to be sizable, but we, we've talked about that. I think for more of a big picture perspective, guys, like this is because of this public manner and how it played out and for FSU to to kind of come out you know, of, of this battle, to, to end it with this sort of public victory. Um, I think it's important. I think it's big because it shows that you can negotiate from a a, a place of power, a place of leverage and I think you needed that because there was some some belief uh, clearly I mean among at least two players on the roster with with Daryl and Josh that that they could use some public pressure to get different opportunities out of FSU and and that's not what happened and so FSU wins in that regard and I think that that means something and not just in this one incident but that it it goes to the rest of the roster other people see that and how it plays out and doesn't mean that anytime someone doesn't mean anytime someone wants to re-up or something like that, that it's going to or or wants a bigger role on the team or or whatever your your heart desires. It doesn't mean that you're always going to 
be able to tweak it in the way you want as as the program. But what it does do is probably cause a, a second thought to not just go out and, and do things as publicly as as it was handled. Um, and so I think that's a win for Florida State. I think that matters. Yeah, yeah I hope I hope that Josh can just calm his nerves now and kind of relax and settle back in and focus on what he's really good at football and capitalize on it. You know, there, there is the element of he's still I'm not trying to excuse any antics or actions of recent days. He's still relatively a young man, a very you know, yeah. green behind the ears kind of kid. So like, you know, learn from it, get better, grow and go and do what you can do because he can make a lot of money at the end of the day because he's a really talented football player. A, a guy that we all like too, like from having yeah. to go, you know, speak for all, all three of us. Like we, we've all enjoyed different aspects of coverage with, with Josh and he's been nice and thoughtful. So yeah, uh, again, a lot of learning opportunity. Uh, there is also the dynamic of, <laughs> I think Josh is going to have to earn some respect back internally. Uh, with with teammates, and that, that is a dynamic to to follow along with and watch. I mean, this is this is part of of managing you know, hundred plus players, coaches, personalities. Is something that that Mike Norvell and, and the staff has to to handle. Um, and they clearly weighed that into this. And allowing him back is, is probably going to come with some some caveats and having to do some some things to to earn back that respect and that trust. But you know, this, I don't know, Zach. I was getting word that that there were you know, some elder statesmen in the roster who were frustrated with how this was playing out. So I don't know if you heard similarly, but yeah, this, I think it was ultimately good that we were getting a lot of feedback that a lot of other players were kind of like, what, what are we doing here? We're, we're trying to win something. This isn't how we go about doing what our goal is. Yeah. I had at least one player reach out um, during the pro during the um, you know saga. I think uh, Pat Payton tweeted something out. I think he deleted it now. But it was a, a quote tweet of Josh Farmer's I'm returning you know, tweet. It was basically like, you know, some stuff is not acceptable, but we're going to rock out anyway or something like that. So basically saying like, you know, the stuff that happened is not cool, but like you're still good by us. And Pat Payton's obviously a guy that that's earned a lot of respect because of how much he's developed. He's kind of had a similar ascension in development like Josh Farmer since they both entered the program. And yeah, I think, I don't know. I think Farmer like had a lot of uh, you know people in his corner just because of I mean he's he's the definition of a Norvell recruit right he's Norvell's first ever commitment um, in the in that class um, at Florida State and he's been developed from I put this you know on the last podcast but a, a three star two hundred and fifty pound D lineman out of high school to a you know a guy that's on the two deep and one of the uh, 300 pound defensive lineman on the two deep in one of the deepest position groups in the entire country. Um, so I, I think Josh is going to have the opportunity to earn respect back from his teammates. Um, and I think, you know, the coaching staff is obviously going to make sure that happens. And, you know, I think it's, you know, I don't know how they do that, but it's just got to be, you know, being strict on him, making sure that he's, you know, attentive on everything. Like, I think this probably turns out to be good for Florida State and both um, the NIL region of the program and also you know just the straight football area and i think yeah i think it's going to be a an overall beneficial process for both sides um, a maturing process for for daryl and and for josh farmer so as the joshua farmer stuff is getting literally put to bed at that very moment Step away from the mic chris you're it's hot it's hot all right try to get sorry it. sorry so as the joshua farmer stuff is getting put to bed in that very moment uh 
Duke Cooper enters the portal. Yeah. So like, yeah, it, it never slows down. It doesn't get, you know, so for people that do not know the portal for non-graduate transfers will close on Sunday, the 30th. So here in about, you know, a little over 48 hours, but technically a kid can still show up up to probably about Tuesday, about 48 hours after Sunday ends. So they can't enter on Monday or Tuesday, but they can show up in the portal because they have done the compliance portion of it on Sunday. So we're still, you know, 96 hours out from being on arrest easier, 48 hours from kids probably telling us via Twitter and things of that sort that they intend to do it. But yeah, Duke Cooper jumps in. It wasn't entirely a shock. He's one we've kind of monitored truthfully throughout spring practice. We, the we had a pre-write ready for him. We have about 10 pre-writes ready where we think it's worth our time. Right, Chris? That, that was yeah. Cool. Yeah. And he, he was one that it had gone back and forth. I think his uh, personal edit on Twitter kind of spoke to the situation. I don't think he rushed to the decision. I think there was conversations between him. Uh, definitely Adam Fuller, I believe head coach Mike Norvell as well. I, I think he just felt comfortable with it. I, I'm not, kind of sit here and speculate I, I think he didn't he wasn't I don't know that he was in love with a position change he probably wasn't going to start even though I think he would have played a significant role at the safety spot this year and I thought he could have competed for starting reps potentially if you know things went the right direction during the year but I don't think he felt that way I think he probably ends up at Colorado personally yeah, um, his former high yeah. school coaches on that staff up there Jeff Cheney and obviously plenty of ties with Dion in the area of the country that Duke is from, which is down near Fort Myers. So it just kind of makes a lot of sense. Probably a great deal of opportunity there. Fresh start. Wish the kid well. I hope he kind of finds his magic again. He was an excellent player during his freshman year. Last year between injuries and I think confidence issues, it fell off and that was disappointing. But I still thought he had value here. FSU is now on a pinch at safety. Um, Brendan, obviously, as I said, and you mentioned, we kind of expected this, but what did you make of it actually happening? Uh, yeah, it was was something that I actually thought they maybe had weathered that storm. Uh, so, you know, for that to happen, like within the 30 minute frame of us kind of putting the Josh Farmer stuff to bed, I was like, oh, of course, like that that's happening, too. Um, yeah, but but not a total surprise that it did happen. I, I just thought maybe FSU had gotten gotten into the clear there. He was someone they wanted to keep because, like you mentioned, Chris, he does have value minimum third safety. Um, but someone who could could push and and for like people who aren't super in the weeds with football stuff like the third safety is a very valuable spot in the defensive rotation like that's a and a lot of usage rate like a, like a sub starter you're gonna get 300 snaps or so so he would have played a good a good deal um, even if he was the quote unquote backup and, and he performed well this spring too like he he did well we had heard a lot of consistent praise for him in that transition to safety uh, and he. He did it pretty willingly early on. Uh, it's funny, like kind of some of the narrative and the way the coaches talked about it, I guess midway through the spring started to shift a little bit. And I thought that was interesting um, and kind of telling us not to like overblow the, the, the position change. But I mean, he was a, a, a safety and seemed to have some upside at that position too. Like he, he could have been a good one. Um, so yeah, it, it does create a pinch for FSU. Like Chris said, now it's safety. You have Shaheen Brown, you have Akeem Dent. I think you have a, a like a decent level of confidence in those two. You want to see Shaheen Brown take another step forward with Akeem Dent. I think you kind of know what, what he is and, and that's a replacement level safety. And, and that's fine, especially with the defensive line being what it is. You don't necessarily have to have an all-star back there. You need Shaheen Brown to kind of un, unlock some of his upside uh, of what he can be, which is an NFL uh, NFL potential guy with the size, speed, combination, physicality, all those things. Um, they need to go into the portal probably and get a third safety. 
I'm not sure if that player exists. Uh, Zach, are there any names like that we want to kind of keep an eye on, look at right now? I, I know I can think of one, but I want to see if you have any in, in mind if we're thinking the same thing. Yeah, I mean, the only guy that I can think of off the top of my head that's in the portal right now, I hear that too. Chris, can you mute yourself real quick? Um, the only guy that I can think of in the portal with that right now today. <laughs> is Jalen Key out of UAB. Um, although I don't think FSU has expressed interest in him quite yet. He's, yeah, Jalen told me last night, actually, he has four official visits set up that aren't to Florida State over the next like two weeks. So you know where those are? Yeah, it's Ole Miss, North Carolina, Mississippi State, and Oregon. So he's getting legit. He's getting legit interest. So this Don't is interesting. This is re reflective of the of the safety market, I think, in the transfer portal, which wasn't great back in in December, uh, and it remains not super. Here's my favorite word: robust. Right now, uh, he was like he was an all conference player at UAB. His metrics were fine. I think like seventy to seventy five range, which is you know above average for sure. But like at the power or the group of five level, like does that translate over? Uh, some of his film, I, I wish I could have watched a little bit more before talking about him, but I just watched some clips and like, he's fine. He's not a dynamic athlete, but, but, but solid. Um, and, you know, if he's your third safety, then you probably live with that. But Ole Miss has had a lot of defenders leave in the transfer portal. So like that being a school, Zach, like makes like, there's an opportunity for him to probably start there, I, I would imagine. So you know, you're talking about some legit schools and, and schools that probably like are outclassing his, overall like talent level right now um i think shows you like that there is a, a pretty big need at safety for a lot of teams in the country and there's not a huge market for it um key is local he's from gadsden county fitting given that this podcast has largely been centered around talking about two players from nearby gadsden county um i think retaining, re i think retaining them and and that's getting smoothed over might help some a little bit for fsu feel better about potentially pursuing uh, key, if if that's the case, but yeah, that was the name I was going to mention too, Zach. I just I don't know if there's like a, a huge appetite for that right now, but you know, in the safety market, he he's arguably the best one in the country right now. Like, you know, the options are limited, and it's absolutely a need. Who else is there, Chris? Travis J, I think. But you know. yeah, well, uh, from well, a portal standpoint, Demetrius Hill at FIU is a guy who's incorrect. Yeah, from he South Florida. At, yeah, um, he's a freshman All-American last year at FIU. And then there's also R.J. Moten from Michigan. He's Michigan, an experienced yeah. guy. I think he's played about 30 games with about half of those being starts during his yeah. career at Michigan. So he's a reliable depth guy without a shadow of a doubt. So there's a couple options. But, yes, to quote your favorite word, it is not overly robust. <laughs> um, it comes think, back to I really wish Conrad Hussey was here in the spring. Yeah, that would, I think, I think this conversation is very different if Hussey is here in the spring. Yeah, I, that's the issue. Like, Because obviously you got K.J. Kirkland, but he did not participate in the spring game. And then the two freshmen, I think Edwin Joseph probably starts at nickel or corner um, to begin his FSU career. And then Conrad's the the true safety that, that they'll um, bring in over the summer. I think he they both arrive towards the end of May. I think May 29th is their arrival date. But yeah, I... I know the staff is really high on Hussey and they think he can be a really reliable uh, piece. But like Chris said, having him, you know, if he were to arrive mid-year, which St. Thomas Aquinas prospects aren't allowed to do um, because of their school rules, 
it would have been very helpful to kind of know what you're getting there. Um, so now you kind of, I, I feel like it's an absolute must, must get in the portal now. Um, you know, I don't, you, you might have to go and target Jalen Key and I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, like trash on this game, but I don't like, like both you guys express, I don't think the the safety portal or safety position in the portal right now is, is very robust. Um, we just had to say it three times. So you guys get it, but, Robust, robust, robust. It's like yeah, Jalen Key is probably the top prospect from what I've seen because I've kind of like been looking at that position over the last few days in the portal to try and see if there's any guys that make sense. And the three guys you guys mentioned, I think, are the most um, sought after right now. I do really like, and, and I don't think they'll recruit him because he's undersized, but Tyler Bride from Georgia Southern. He's from Atlanta area. He took an official visit to Memphis last week, but he, he's like 5'10". So like, and they, they, basically want six foot or taller DBs right now. Muslim has like an amazing skill set, but he's a little firecracker. Like he's a lot of fun to watch really physical. I think he could play safety at the power five level and, and probably be a pretty, pretty good one. Um, would have some Jamie Robinson vibes to his game, honestly, but um, yeah, I don't, I, he probably doesn't fit the threshold of what they'd be looking for, but that's another name out there. But it's just, again, we're talking about group of five guys and it's not, there's not a home run that's currently in the market. So we'll see what, what that market brings in the next, three to five days i guess it will be interesting um if certain if, if there's an, a big safety name that pops up all of a sudden then you know i, I think that would be like a a, a warning like hey, fsu's probably gonna circle the wagons there and try do you guys like that warning sound siren no it's pretty lame i'm hungover zach i think there are going to be more portal entries for florida state how many more Get it, chest, sponsored by the Turner Get it group. off your chest. Byerson unsponsored Byerson by the Turner Group. 1.5, over 1.5. Oh. oh, I'm going over on that. Bye. Bye. Wow. Um, Should we just end the podcast like that and let people wonder? Sure. No, that would be rude. Eh, that's what we do. All right, go ahead, Zach. It depends we'll on under. how much Zach wants to say. Well, I'm not going to like start dropping names on here, but... I do know of one other player that will probably enter the portal um, today on Friday. Yeah, I honestly thought there would be more players to have entered during this this period. I think, yeah, I think those surrounding FSU believe the same thing. Yeah, I think I think they're a little surprised. I have some guys who like would be obvious names, like who who haven't entered, or I think are. This is just me speculating, but like, oh, if I would have to transfer down to like the FCS level or be a backup at Florida State for the next two to three years. Like, what do you? What are you choosing? You get to go live in Tallahassee and all the great things that come with it and be part of a program that like has a great culture and it's probably fun to be around and yeah, you have to work hard in it, but like, yeah, just, it's interesting that they haven't had some of the exodus that you'd expect. People want to know about scholarship numbers. I think I've kind of created that monster uh, with Josh Farmer coming back Duke Cooper leaving. I think they're at 84 without Destin Hill added into that. So they're right up against it. You need a couple more to leave. Maybe some guys get medically DQ'd if they do have legit medical stuff, but yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. Okay, I'm running out of gas here, and I gotta go soon. I gotta go drink more whiskey and add to this hangover. Vitamin C, my up. friend. Vitamin the altitude. I forgot about it. You gotta report back on how Chattanooga whiskey is. Oh, of course I will. If I can, if I can talk and and tweet effectively, I'll definitely let everyone know. I just went to Total so, Wine yesterday, and guess what I saw there. Chattanooga whiskey. I, me too. 
Oh my god! Wait, you it's were there yesterday. <laughs> so the uh, you, yeah, you after I got out? no, no, no. I went to dinner with the in-laws, which is of course exactly when Josh Farmer and Duke Cooper happened because you know it's like a magnet. And then uh, did we take a certain the child in the family? We may have a certain child in the family wants Jeremiah's. You were out at dinner like at four p.m. No, it was like I don't know exactly what time it was, but it wasn't four p.m. Oh, uh, anyways, real quick, before we lose folks, the straight bourbon was thirty six ninety nine, the cask was thirty six ninety nine, and the bottled and bond was fifty one ninety nine. Those are the three that I saw there yesterday. Thank you for passing that along, Chris. Um, Just sharing for the folks. Nope. Oh, yeah, I appreciate. I, I, it. I highly suggest one eleven, the cask. That's Chris's favorite. He likes. He likes a little uh, spice. Yes, I did some proof. It's funny. I stopped at a at a bottle shop like getting into town just to get some supplies and i saw supplies. the the, the <laughs> cabernet finished chattanooga whiskey and i was like oh my god like, you can't find this anywhere i'm like that's crazy like i had to like order it online and like i was like that's nuts and i'm like oh i'm in chattanooga that's why that <laughs> they had this experimental one you so should load up on that uh it, the the golfers like dude it's like drained my bottle Oh my god. I'm gonna end the podcast. <laughs> for, I think we've officially for, lost Brendan. I said 30 minutes. He made it to 28.45 and it was like donezo. I'm Brendan Sedone. This has been on the bench. Thanks for listening. Uh a, a hectic weekends, I think in a good spot for Florida State. It's been fun. Thanks for following along. We'll talk to you guys next week. training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us that means you need to join us on fantasy baseball today in five part of the cbs sports podcast network join scott white chris towers and me frank stample every monday through saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of march we'll break down the latest news spring training updates players to target and much more in just five minutes make sure to download and follow on apple Podcasts, spotify the odyssey app and everywhere else podcasts are found